I am so sick of the media dictating the terms of the narrative in this country. I'm so sick of having to be apologetic for who I am. I'm so sick of people in middle America being called a flyover country or slope-headed conservative teabaggers. And it's going to be teabagging day. It's hard to talk when you're teabagging. <laughs> it's so funny because the teabaggers, the one thing they hate is when you call them racist. If racism is not the whole of the Tea Party, it is in its heart. The it's hatred that is Timothy McVeigh, that he had. There are plenty of people like that right now. Lots of I think you get the general tenor of this. It's anti-government. This is highly promoted by the right-wing conservative network, Fox. The left pits people against each other. Divide and conquer is the strategy. I don't want to live in that world. It is the exact opposite of E Pluribus Uno. He said you were He said you were very racist. He said you were. You are very racist. You're going to be dealt with. He said he was. It's going to come to light who you really are. It's going to come to light who you really are. Hey, hey, just answer one question. Yes or no? What about the fake person? And what the left has stood for with political correctness is to try and get those with whom they disagree to shut up. And the Tea Party movement and Sarah Palin and Michelle Bachman and Alan West and and all the all the people that have gone out there against the mainstream media and said, you're going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's. Fuck you. War. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Road Warrior Radio. You're tuned in live this Tuesday, February 27th, 2024 on the one and only Republic Broadcasting Network. And as always, thanks for coming along for the ride. It is a wild and dystopic ride. How wild and dystopic we are on our way back to Genesis 11. And uh, there's a conspiracy that is unfolding out right out in plain sight. And most people don't even know. It's astonishing. That's how wild and dystopic. So, good morning. Um, before we get going, as uh, is customary every day these days, the prayer to, to begin the day because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the worldly governors, the princes of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness. Uh, which are in high places. So, the Lord's Prayer, the full armor of God. Our Father who who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. Come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, please help us to put on the full armor of God. Help us to gird our loins about with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Help us to take up the shield of faith, put on the helmet of salvation, take up the sword of the Spirit, and pray at all times in the Spirit. I pray that no weapon formed against the righteous shall prosper, that all 
who walk in error would come to know the truth in Christ. Please reveal our hypocrisy and double-mindedness. I pray on a repentant evildoers be brought swiftly to justice, that wickedness be brought swiftly to an end, righteousness be restored in the land. And I pray poisonous trees and their offshoots like brands and agencies and things uh, conceived in malice would collapse under the weight of their own evil. In Jesus' name, amen. So, these are interesting times. Um, I feel like I have had the good fortune of uh, seeing things, some things, that matter very clearly. And um, my hope is that you will see things clearly. Um, let's just sort of, uh, let's see. Where do we begin? How about, it's Black History Month, how about we begin with who is racist? This is, this is how crazy, let's talk about how crazy, uh, Things are just for a moment. Who is racist in this country? Who is racist in this society? What does that mean? Um, no one is more racist than Charles Darwin, uh, Francis Galton, Thomas Huxley, Herbert Spencer, that clique of folks. Uh, we played the clip of John Taylor Gatto in the past. Probably should play it again. If you look at um, some of the other things that Arwen wrote, Descent of Man, for example, uh, you see <laughs> a very... Uh, blatantly racist picture emerge. And there are certain groups of people that are, you know, the blessed and others that are not, which ties into concepts like Calvin's justified sinning, justified sinners, and the rest of us who are, you know, not justified sinners. No one is more racist than those guys. Are Christians racist? Uh, no, the Bible tells the Christian that not if they read their Bible, which is kind of, uh, you know, that's redundant. So no wonder American youth are messed up. We send them to schools that teach them racist social Darwinism via might makes right. And, um, you know, the Nietzschean will to power, basically. The guy who wrote God is Dead and we killed him because, you know, we have deified ourselves. So might makes right, you know, preservation of favored races, that, after all, is uh, 
the full title, right, of Darwin's Origin of Species, on the origin of species, or more completely, on the origin, our origin of species by means of natural selection, or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Well, who decides when we're accelerating this process, not waiting for natural selection? Who decides? Not that I buy into any of this nonsense. I'm just saying there are those who use this as a justification to do evil by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races and the struggle for life. Who decides who the favored races are? Well, Charles Darwin and his family had. So we, we send young people to these schools, air quotes, that teach them racist social Darwinism and Marxist nihilistic self and other loathing and then expect them not to behave in a fashion keeping in keeping with their self-destructive ticking time bomb training. Who who are the who are really are the crazy ones in this scenario? Think about it. And we're seeing the natural outgrowth of that. You know, again, I think that one of the best ways to sort of contextualize this is Michael Tessarian's Children of Thanatos and um, uh, Children of Thanatos, the Marcusan Society. And he, in that article, he features a, a quote from Eric Fromm that man can be a slave without even being put in chains is of crucial importance in our situation today. But he mentions in this article the solution that he offers does not, you know, it's not a solution. But the problem is very well articulated. How can, you know, you have these folks that, do these things, let's say, you know, in this case, we'll substitute in going to these places of learning, so-called, sending young people and teaching them Darwinist theology, essentially, is what it is. It's a religion. And then commingling that with other things, telling them that's not what it is. And Marxist nihilistic, again, a religion, wrapping that all up and then expecting them not to behave like crazy people. There's a reason why young people are self-loathing, generally speaking. So Michael Tessarian writes, how can such an armor, armored character re recognize his own emotional plague? How can the self-poisoned man's thinking heal his society of its derangement? For all his efforts, this type may succeed only in increasing the world's problems. 
given that such a do-gooder is deeply toxic in mind and body, isn't he likely to choose leaders who share his pathological state of being? That's the irony. We're in an election season right now. Can you see that coming? So he says, psychically mutilated people are completely incapable of seeing themselves as sick and wrong-headed. It's just not possible. So we're training people to be psychically mutilated, sick and wrong-headed, expecting them not to behave accordingly. That's insane. Our institutions of Fidian learning are cranking out legions of Marxist jihadi suicide bombers, metaphor, mostly metaphorically, mostly metaphorical, but that's no consolation. And for how, how much longer? You know, not literal. And keep an eye on the word legion. I see legion more and more, and I think of it in the biblical context. So, where are we headed? In this regard, there's only one race, mankind. But And by the way, we are not all God's children. The good news, though, is if you're hearing this, it's not too late to become one. So that's a misnomer. Yes, man was created in God's image, but here's a a little fly in the ointment of the Eastern mystical message and all the other messages that go along with it that are anti-Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And there are a lot of folks who believe that somehow by their good works, you know, Christian folks and other folks, Somehow, by their good works, they can, in you know, they can get to heaven. And setting aside the issue of sin, separation from God, not really. You can't set it aside. I'm just saying, at, as a momentary aside, the Bible says that no flesh shall inherit the kingdom. So, so much for good works. Anyway, the point is, Jesus is the only way. And when pastors in America can say with a straight face that Thomas Jefferson, a guy who thought that Jesus was a good teacher, but certainly not the Son of God, certainly not divine, uh, when pastors can say with a straight face that, you know, that Thomas Jefferson was maybe a Christian, we know we're in trouble. In fact... Ironically, as I've sort of been arming and equipping myself to discuss these things, I I happened upon um, a couple of Associated Press articles. I think I mentioned those yesterday, but the one titled, What Does It Mean to Claim the U.S. is a Christian Nation? And What Does the Constitution Say? These articles both of them by Peter Smith. I think I mentioned them yesterday. AP articles, the caption of this article says it all. 
it uh, features a, a photo of Benjamin Franklin seen at the Franklin Institute, February 10, 2015, uh, in Philadelphia. And it says this, the caption, before the article even begins, Franklin, like some other key founders, admired Jesus as a moral teacher. Yeah, so did Helena Blavatsky. Franklin, like some other key founders, admired Jesus as a moral teacher, but would not pass a test of Christian orthodoxy. Huh. That's interesting. Even the Associated Press knows, apparently. That doesn't pass the sniff test. But we have allowed ourselves to be beguiled. We have allowed ourselves to be co-conspirators against ourselves and one another in the seduction of ourselves and our society. Projecting things onto, you know, history. Persons like Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, things that don't belong there. It's called bearing false witness and God says don't do it. There's only one race, mankind. We're not all God's children, but we can cry out and become God's children. We can be adopted with Jesus in Christ. That's the way to become a child of God and the only way. So yesterday, before we go out in the final moments here, Yesterday, uh, Jacob Rothschild died, and um, it's pretty ironic, I think. The uh, Again, the evidence of Charles Baudelaire's quote, the finest trick of the devil is to persuade you that he does not exist. Best evidence might be uh, Jacob Rothschild and Marina Abramovic posing in front of Thomas Lawrence's Satan uh, summoning his minions. The irony is, nobody knows who those people are, that they're boasting, they're in front of Thomas Lawrence's famous painting, that, you know, basically they're the minions unleashed. I guess it didn't work out so good, Jacob Rothschild. The reckoning is coming. God is not slack, and he will not be mocked. So, you know, most people don't know who these two people are or the painting or what it represents, what it signifies, what it signifies them posing in front of it. They're bragging. And if you have any idea of any of this, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, keep in mind, by some accounts, the Statue of Liberty was inspired by Lawrence's painting. that the Statue of Liberty is the Promethean figure bringing the light down from heaven onto earth and in humanist sort of fashion, you know, man will ascend like the devil in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 to rebel like Satan. Not good. And most people have no idea. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break.
I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Welcome back. We should try to jump in quickly. Uh, got a clip from the History Channel's series. You know, the stuff, talking about, speaking about this stuff, Brad Meltzer, his uh, season one, episode three, uh, decoded episode, dealt with the Statue of Liberty. Here's a little excerpt. Can we throw that? Out there, real quick. Carriage and, and the skeletal. The Statue of Liberty is not the work of one man. When the French gave the statue to the United States, they made one request that a pedestal be built so that it was more easily seen from the water. 
American designer Richard Hunt was chosen to build her perch. Frederick Bartholdi was the artist behind Lady Liberty, but it was up to Gustav Eiffel to realize the structure and bring her to life. He did this with a twisted iron skeleton, and it was never intended to be pretty. In fact, the inside of the statue was never meant to be seen by the public. But clearly, Eiffel was pleased with his work because he went on to repeat the idea and build the Eiffel Tower and steal the title for the tallest structure in the world away from the Washington Monument. Is there anything in common with them? Are they... Let me check something out here. All right, here's Bartholdi. Oh, check that out. The guy is posed like Napoleon. His hand is hidden. The hidden hand that shaped history. Oh, yeah, look at this. Why Napoleon traditionally depicted with his hand in his waistcoat? Some theories include he had a stomach ulcer. Now, no, keep going. Why his watch? Else he had a skin is. disease. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Uh, oh, wait a second. Gesture uh, of importance in Masonic rituals. of the Freemason. Using this sign are proven. It's always the Masons. I would be fascinated so, uh, to see if these three guys were Masons. Oh my God, Bartholdi is a Freemason. About Hunt. Look it down here, Freemason. Yep, absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, All right, let's try Eiffel. Gustav Eiffel. Freemason. Eiffel's a Freemason. All three. Okay. You know, that doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. Right? It's always the Freemasons. The Freemasons are the world's oldest and largest brotherhood. They're steeped in covert rituals and symbolism. Some say even built King Solomon's temple. That can't be proven, but here's what can. There are about six million Freemasons in the world today. Everyone from our founding fathers, including George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, and presidents from FDR to Gerald Ford were members. Some have suggested that the organization has a sinister and dark agenda, which is what makes them the most overused plot device around. We've been researching the Statue of Liberty, and the most interesting thread we have now is that Bartoli, Hunt, and Eiffel were all Freemasons. Is there anything to that? Oh, yeah, there's a lot to that. The Freemasons are an important key to understanding what the Statue of Liberty is about. In fact, there's a lot of Freemasonic symbolism in the statue. I wanted to show you this one, see if it looks familiar to you. Looks exactly yeah. like the Statue of Liberty. Exactly like the Statue yeah, of Liberty, seven, but this is the ancient points. Roman goddess Libertas. This is a pagan goddess. Another one. This one you'll be familiar with. What do you see here? This should be familiar to you. And of course, it's being held by an ancient Roman pagan goddess from a period of history that was not so nice and was anything but free. But I don't, I don't know quite how to put this. There's a deeper, darker, more sinister side to this entire matter that sort of exists within Freemasonry, kind of a secret within a secret society called the Illuminati. Who were the Illuminati? Uh, I would say a better term would be who are the Illuminati because they still exist. The Illuminati was formed in Bavaria in 1776. They called themselves enlightened ones and they felt they could create a better world. They wanted to abolish all monarchies, religion, private property and nation states and replace them with a utopian society. But it doesn't matter what their plan was. 
What was amazing to me was how they operated, infiltrating the houses of power, from governments to secret societies like the Freemasons. They swore a vow of silence and remained completely hidden. So when they were finally found out and banned by the King of Bavaria in 1784, there was absolutely no way to be certain they actually disbanded because they were already inside. And this is why some people still believe the Illuminati hold positions of power around the world today. Very early on in their, in their history, the Illuminati adapted the form of Freemasonry and then decided to infiltrate Masonic organizations. It's giving Freemasonry a really bad rap to the extent that they had an influence on it, although it was always a hidden hand within Freemasonry. In other words, not all Masons are Illuminati. They quickly moved into much darker ideas about the abolition of all states all over the world and to kind of merge the world into this amorphous globalist uh, community. How's that for straightforward and scary? Yeah, that's okay, I don't the like pedestrian version. And uh, we're headed into a break. On that note, stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read one. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered from a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious, he almost died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives that were more affordable, he tried Extendivite. Since taking it, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extend 
are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Statue of Liberty have to do with Darwin? Well, it's the same religion. Um, I saw a video of uh, Levi Lusco advertising their whatever you would call it this year, their festival. It looks like Burning Man to me, and I see the Wicker Man. Of course, it's all emotional and all that kind of stuff, but is God in it? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of heaven and earth? I don't think so. I think he's probably not pleased with it. William Blake wrote famously of, um, speaking of the inspiration of Thomas Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, as the story goes, was inspired by the line in Milton's Paradise Lost, Awake, arise, or be forever fallen, which, by the way, bears striking resemblance or anti-resemblance, I guess in this case, to Ephesians 5.14, In the King James, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So, you know, the devil is constantly trying to co-opt these kinds of concepts and verses, for example. People say, you know, this person reads the Bible. Great. You know what? Blavatsky read the Bible. The devil quoted Psalm 91 to Jesus in the wilderness. But all these uh founding fathers they they had uh they belonged to you know this church or that church or this congregation or that congregation okay and that proves what you 
you know, it's not, I mean, Jesus himself said that, you know, on that day, many will come and say, did Lord, did we not do all these amazing things? And he will say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Chances are the litmus test is who's in charge, who decides. And it's not so important that we know him as it is that he knows us. Depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. I never knew you, he says. So William Blake, speaking of the inspiration uh, for Thomas Lawrence's Satan summoning his minions and the Statue of Liberty for that matter, William Blake famously wrote the reason Milton wrote in fetters when he wrote of angels and God and at liberty when of devils and hell is because he was a true poet and of the devil's party without knowing it. So on that note, back to uh, the video clips, in this case, Chuck Missler telling us about the role of the occult in modern history. Go ahead, please. You and I recognize that, uh, that the, the eagle is an ensign. It's interesting to realize that this eagle is a symbol of Israel's enemies, almost invariably. It's interesting to discover that the Spartans may have a link to the tribe of Dan. They may, may have been Jewish. Some of the, the first Maccabees, there's a number of, of, of uh, early records that tie the Spartans and the Trojans to possibly being uh, uh, of the tribes which also leads to the Greeks, Antiochus Epiphanes maybe. The Romans were, were not Greek, but the Roman wealthy royal families intermarried with the Greek royal families. So there's a lot of genealogical linkages there. And the Romans had their eagles, Titus Vespasian and so forth. Herod had his eagle as a symbol. Byzantium and Russia both had the double eagle, looking east and west was their symbols, still are today. The Franks and the Germans. And, of course, the British. We have all kinds of signs, whether it's the early Roman eagles or whether it's the uh, uh, German uh, eagles or the what have you. So, um, so the role of the occult in modern history. You know, the Thule Society was a collection of occultists in Germany that became the Nazi party. And you need to understand, Hitler was preoccupied with the occult. He, he made a main point of getting Longinus's spear. That's the spear that purportedly was the one that pierced Jesus Christ. And when he lost it, he lost it. In other words, there's a whole history, a bizarre history, of what's called the spear of destiny. And uh, Eisenhower, when they took over, made sure it was returned to the Habsburg Museum where it came from. The Ark of the Covenant. You know, we, there's a spoof, of course, in the, uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, but it really is just a spoof, but it's based on the fact that Hitler and Mussolini, they were serious about trying to chase down the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, uh, the Master's Treaty, I had an opportunity in 1993 to interview some 40 of the leadership in Europe, some nine cities, uh, uh, just on the heels of the Master's Treaty being signed. And what fascinated me, I was traveling with Admiral Bill Middendorf, our ambassador to the European, uh, uh, in those days, yeah, European uh, community. 
And uh, it was interesting, in each country, the shenanigans and maneuvers to get the Master's Treaty finessed through the various approvals was each time different, but always well-engineered by power groups in the, behind the scenes. It was very interesting. Well, let's talk, you say, gee, if, if, if the eagle turns out to be, uh, for whatever reason, the, a symbol of Israel's enemies, <laughs> what about the United States? Isn't the eagle our symbol too? Is it possible that this is uh, 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 somehow linked to the tribe of Dan? What about the backside of the Great Seal of the United States? Have you ever studied? You'd take a dollar bill sometime and take a good look at it. Let's see what's in here. If we take the Seal of the United States, of course, you've got the, 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 the eagle, and we've got 13 stars up top, and we've got 13 stripes on the shield, and we've got 13 arrows uh, in his left claw, if you will. Well, we say it belongs to the 13 colonies. Well, maybe it did and maybe it didn't. 13 is also a major Masonic number some would maintain. Well, what about the e pluris unum? That means out of many, one. Oh, really? Is that a world dominion kind of thing? Possibly. That do we see on the thing. Okay. But here's the interesting thing. Count the feathers in the wings. In the right wing, we have 32 wing feathers, which are the, level, are the, uh, the levels of the Scottish Rite masonry. In the left wing, we have 33 because there's the honorary one that's added. And uh, in the, uh, we then also have nine tail feathers, which seem to speak of the Council of Nine of the Illuminati. The Illuminati merged with the Masons on the 1st of May of 1776. Well, let's flip this thing over on the back side and see what it says there. That may be more revealing. First thing to notice, you can't help miss, is the all-seeing eye. See the all-seeing eye at the top of the pyramid? That's an Egyptian thing. It's called the open eye of Egypt. It's also called the symbol of Osiris. But it's also called the mind's eye among the Gnostics. It's full of this stuff. That's interesting. What's that doing on our dollar bill? And uh, I should mention, by the way, it's on dollar bill because Henry Wallace was very fascinated with the occult in 1935. He got FDR to put it on the dollar bill. We also have this interesting thing here, Anuit Coeptis. What does that mean in Latin? Announcing the birth of. Announcing the birth of what? Well, by the way, just below that, uh, down here, we have 1776, which may, most people assume is the birth of our nation. That's fair, except it also is the birth of the Illuminati, incidentally, there at the bottom. But then announcing the birth of Novus Ordo seclorum. Novus means new. Ordo means order. Seclorum is world or secular world. So this announces the birth of the new world order in the idiom of the Masons, if you will, or the Illuminati. That's kind of fun. Well, maybe there's more surprises here for us to be aware of. What if I told you that there was a 151-foot statue of Mary Magdalene, and uh, it is she's wearing a toga and holding a grail as a torch in one of the major ports of the world, sculptured by Auguste Bartholdi and funded by the Freemasons of France, Freemasons of the Merovingian line. And there she is, a 
poem written by Emma Lazarus in 1883, not like the brazen giant of Greek fame with conquering limbs astride from land to land. Here at our seawash sunset, uh, seawash sunset gates shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning and her name Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Well, actually, I didn't think the Holy Grail was our lamp. I thought Jesus Christ was the light of the world. But in any case, uh, there we are with an interesting, what most people assume that was a gift to France. That's not quite true. Bartholi was trying to find a place to put this thing because his deal in Egypt fell apart. He got the guy to build the Eiffel Tower to join him, and they promoted this idea as a gift, not from France officially, but from private funding, most of which came from Freemasons of the Merovingians. On the U.S. side, they had a problem because you had to raise funds for a base. So they had a big fund drive to raise the money for the, fund, for the base that was funded by uh, you know, soliciting donations, and they did. And, and uh, so there she stands, and indeed has become a symbol of liberty to the world. I'm not here to knock it. Don't misunderstand me. But you sometimes wonder, is there something else behind the scenes. Is it possible that we are entering a period of time in which Satan... See, the, the scripture says that God is going to send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, not a lie, the lie. Satan is going to hatch the most bizarre lie, and the world is going to buy it. And the world's going to buy it through ignorance. The world's going to buy it through deception. And all this stuff is going to tie together. And this leader that's going to come forth is going to be acceptable to the Catholics, to the Protestants, to the Muslims. All the world is going to embrace this coming world leader. So when you see deceit in all its forms, as you watch the campaign rhetoric during elections, watch the subtleties. Watch the subtleties and see where it's all headed. You and I are in spiritual warfare. And what's your remedy? Your remedy isn't trying to defeat the Diane Browns. Your remedy is Ephesians chapter 6. Paul lists seven elements of armor. And in the interest of keeping this reasonable length, I have not tried to go through and give you a little primer on the Ephesians 6. Because I want you to do it yourself. In Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10 following, Paul tells you, put on the whole armor of God. He says it twice. He says it twice. That's a command. He doesn't say put on your favorite piece. He says put on your whole armor. Every, every one of them. You need to know what those seven pieces of armor... And by the way, the seven, not six. You first go through, you think there's six. The seventh one's the most important. You go through those, the, the, those uh, elements. Understand what they are. Do a study. Do it yourself. Dig it out. And many people figure that he's being chained to a, you know, a soldier while he's writing that. He may have been, to keep the soldier from being able to get away. Um, but those idioms that he's drawing from are in the Old Testament, in Isaiah and elsewhere. No, that's the Word of God. Those aren't just figures of speech. They have specific meaning. And you need to understand what they are. You need to equip yourself, because you and I are heading... By the way, the other problem we've got is you don't put your armor on during the battle. You do it before the battle begins. We're already in the battle. 
We're on enemy turf right now. You and I need to review our equipment, understand it, we need to be trained with it. The one that we're all familiar with, the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God. Great, but you need to understand about swords. Swords, you know, the, the Roman sword, the, the, the conventional technology in those days was a long sword. I understand that because when I was at Naval Academy, I had to take boxing. I happen to hate boxing, but I had a long reach. That kept me out of some trouble. Well, a long sword makes sense. It did to most people. Not to the Romans. They developed a 24-inch, 26-inch machaya. Very strange. And with it, they conquered the world. How? It takes two things you don't know about. Training and a lot of practice. Close in. They knew how to use it. Very, very, very different kind of fighting. But with that, they conquered the world. It also took a lot of practice. Same thing with your Bible. You need to understand how to use it, and you need to practice, 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 practice. If you're going to fight this battle. Your shield of faith? Right. Are there holes in your shield of faith? Yeah. Plug the holes. He says, it's interesting to note before we go out uh, at the break that, uh, speaking of this esoteric figure, inspired by dark forces and you know who did pike say the god of masonry is you know who is the great architect of the universe who who is it that it turns out to be actually um if you do a search in your favorite search engine image search for the unitarian universalist logo you will get the eternal flame in there and is that the same flame that the so-called Statue of So-Called Liberty is holding? What is the uh, significance of this flame? The same flame that some churches are using, ironically. And, uh, you know, I, I have read the Book of Acts. I understand the significance of doing that. But I also know a few chapters before that God tells us not to have uh, not to make graven images and it's ironic when pastors repeat that and they have this as their logo that you know the nexus point of universalist unitarianism shares what fellowship hath light with darkness stick around we'll be right back Simple with Colorado Shilaji. Fact bit number two. In Ayurvedic pharmacology, Shilaji is the king Raza Yoga Vahayana. Raza Yana is one of the comprehensive disciplines of Ayurveda. It comprises of specialized uses of herbal minerals to achieve the optimum state of health. Raza Yana is a path to achieve homeostasis and thus retarding the process of aging and the prevention of diseases. Shilaji stands alone as the king herbal mineral over all other earth made substances. Within Razayana, Shilaji is the ultimate substance that improves quality of plasma and blood. Thus, it strengthens and promotes health to all tissues of the body. Legit Shilaji, like Colorado Shilaji, is as the literal Sanskrit translation implies. Shilaji is the conqueror of mountains and the destroyer of weakness. 
Look for the Gold Mountain and Medical Symbol logo and banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. stuff um from the article that uh charles mentioned yesterday i'm looking at the off guardian installment um why france's new anti-vax law is much worse than you think by kit knightley published a couple of days ago february 25th 2024 um what is a sect so you know the the uh Article opens last week, France passed a new law to strengthen the fight the fight against sectarian abuses and improve the support of victims. Basically, we're all getting sucked into uh, crusading against one another and ourselves. This law was widely covered in the alt media as a law criminalizing anti-mRNA vaccine speech, but that is not quite true and was thoroughly fact-checked, quote-unquote, by the usual suspects. Fact-checking we'll come back to at some point as well. What is a sect? 
uh, as noted by Robert Kogan and the Daily Skeptic, a sect has no formal definition in French law. Here we are back in France, the place we get the Statue of Liberty. Uh, traditionally speaking, a sect is a group linked by religious views or practices deemed heretical or extreme. In this case, uh, it continues by the church. The more, but you know, let's define church anyway. The more informal usage of the word, I mean, people will say, well, you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, the Christian church or whatever. Well, the church of Satan thinks that they have a church. You know, what is this concept of the body of Christ that has been adulterated in so many ways? Anyway, traditionally speaking, a sect is a group linked by religious views or practices deemed heretical or extreme. I'm just going to read an excerpt. Uh, the more informal usage of the word sect in English tends to mean a group linked by strongly held philosophical or political ideas. Therefore, it could potentially mean almost anyone or almost anything. Its vagueness, uh, it, uh, it's that vagueness which makes the law dangerous. And then there's the anti-sectarian uh, task force with all of the little bullet points, surveillance, propaganda, monitoring, financial activity, propaganda again, etc., but um, just to sort of conclude, let's see, do I have enough time here? Nope, I sure do not. There's another little bit down below that. Perhaps most concerning should be a focus on training of public officials, in particular personnel of maternal and child protection and school health services. That, that is the communitarian way. These are the, you know, the thought police. This is the enforcement brigade. The zombie apocalypse happening right before our very eyes. Second hour coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. 
It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.